Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 245, and today we'll be talking about the Craig of the Creek episode, Escape from Family Dinner. I'm GC13. And I'm David. You know, I guess in retrospect, it would have been a big mistake to skip this episode. This... <laughs> This was <laughs> quite a... It showed really a lot of flavors of Craig's family and um, sort of everything goes from great to crazy and there's such emotional weight in like Craig's realization. There's just the full like colors of just everything you could experience at a family dinner night happens all here. Including the unwanted dinner guest. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Bernard, you know, he tries at first politely to invite his girlfriend to dinner you know by just bringing up with parents and then later it's just like does it anyway oh hey look who just so happened to be here and just so happened to have a side dish yeah which you know i know that craig's dad freaked out about the steaks getting burned but uh that (laughs) side dish that potato salad or whatever was like immediately destroyed which is just heartbreaking so sorry alexis let's let's be honest if she's as good a cook as bernard Craig probably did him a favor. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we've seen her cooking at their house before and if that was actually good. Because I feel like she actually did that, or at least with Bernard, but she also messed it up. I don't remember what episode that was. I, I wonder if it was on purpose or accidental, but when Craig's dad is laughing about thinking about all the stuff he's going to put on Craig's tombstone, and I'm like, is that a tombstone pizza joke, or is that completely unintentional? <laughs> that is, um, yeah, no, that's a stretch. <laughs> I don't, I didn't ca- pick up on that. I did think that was a hilarious line. Like, also the fact that they'd set up, like, dad jokes being his thing, and then his dad jokes get get dark fast when he's <laughs> upset. He's just like, boy, I am going to <laughs> kill you and write about you on your gravestone, so... Um, yeah. Hey, at least JP appreciates fine humor. I do like how we get to see Craig's parents sort of interact with him as he's in a sort of bad place. Like, he's definitely being rude and loud a little bit throughout the episode, but his parents are pretty chill about it and reacting in a really nice way, which I think is good. But then, you know, even towards the end, yeah, Craig's dad kind of (laughs) ends up being pretty upset about the steak and his mom's the one that has to sort of bring it all back together. But uh, they're pretty good still at, you know, he doesn't get too upset that he doesn't end up still agreeing with him and trying to give her an affirmational mm-hmm while yeah, I like the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great voice acting to just get that subtle difference in the mm-hmms to show that it's agreement. So I enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, I, I did. Craig's, Craig's dad is a fun dad. And I will we'll see his video gaming side later. But I like that about him too. Also, thinking about, you know, I said that was a subtlety in voice acting that he did there, but also subtlety in animation. You know, we get to touch on each one of the family members, but (laughs) when we see Craig's sister folding the napkin uh, so carefully, and then Craig rushes in to, like, try to fix it so that he can speed up and, and get the family table just set. She <laughs> she decides, uh, no, Craig, you've done it wrong. And the, like the way that she folds it and then she says, you did this and then refolds. And then just so slightly, you can see yeah. that the napkin is slightly misaligned, but it's so tiny, tiny bit of misalignment. Yeah, man, I, I think. <sighs> Come on, Craig, like you really think setting the table's going to help things when the, the steaks aren't even on the grill yet? Think, think, boy. 
I just like that they did that with the napkin as opposed to like last week where we were talking about in the OKKO episode, like Mr. Logic was just cutting hair and nothing was changing, but they ended up making a joke about that. But like here, there was the whole napkin thing. But even like I noticed uh, when Craig's mom was like cutting, I guess it looked kind of like a large sweet potato or a loaf of something. I I was wondering what that was. I don't know what vegetable it was, but they actually animate like I I just enjoyed it. It was almost like oddly satisfying type thing (laughs) where as it got cut, like the vegetable kept getting smaller and the slices kept adding up. And I just appreciate that they bothered to do that instead of just like slicing and it never shrinks and the slices just keep accumulating or something. Yeah, that would be that would be weird. It's the little touches for reality. I mean, I kind of wish that we had, you know, sometimes they do it in cartoons where you have twinned episodes that show, okay, here's things from one perspective. Now here's things from the other perspective. And I kind of wish we got an episode that was what was going on at the creek while Craig wasn't there. Yeah, well, I guess even the viewers experience a little bit of FOMO with uh, not getting to see that side of the story. But it is funny how it comes in through text. But yeah, this episode has a lot to balance between like showing that whole story from the perspective of both uh, video chatting and then like picture messages, everything that's happening between JP and Kelsey and how the war keeps getting increasingly terrible because new arms are introduced (laughs) if we go from water balloons to water guns and then eventually soda. That would be hilarious to see another episode, but like having that. But then the episode has, like, the whole, is it a Metal Gear Solid theme? Is that what those <sighs> titlings and the, like, spy stuff is supposed to be? A scene to... I don't know. But I, I just love the big mission failed at the end. I, can we, can we witnessed the death of JP's phone in this episode. <laughs> like, yeah, we get an F in the comments for JP's phone? Yeah, no kidding. These kids have expensive smartphones. You'd think that they would have a waterproofed phone if they, if they knew their kid was at the creek so often. I mean, if it's a waterproof smartphone, that's going to be like a $500 plus device. I mean, you know, people think nothing of getting their kids the expensive stuff. Yeah, I mean, people get monthly installment plans. But <laughs> so, you know, so they have that whole thing going on of a war. You also have the potentially Metal Gear Solid thing where not only are there title cards at the beginning of ending of the mission, but also we get like Craig using some sort of like spy vision to like see x-rays of each character, which like keeps going. Like you almost forget that they're doing it and then he still scans his sister near the end. I liked uh, he imagines Bernard as having a tiny brain. I know that was a great detail. Also, though, when he scans the stakes, the stakes still have, like, a ton of bones in them. Formerly is that known as cows. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, maybe they were really cheap stakes, or maybe he needs to take his x-ray goggles back to be recalibrated. Yeah, I mean, probably Bernard's brain isn't that small. Probably. Probably not. But, and then, of course, you also have, so we are, there's those, those two storylines, but also we have Craig dealing with the fact that his new math class placement is kind of secretly causing him to be stressed out, whereas it's like the secret factor to him wanting to go out to the creek so badly. Yeah. So that's like a lot to deal with. Also, potentially his parents are sort of regretful of how they missed out communicating more with Bernard. And like, it's sort of that like first child raising regret. So we got to get it right on the second and third child thing. So that's a lot for this episode to do in 11 minutes. I mean, and all I can think is I'm looking at uh, Craig's worksheet and I'm like, Craig, that worksheet's so easy. Okay. It's taking you so long. <laughs> he definitely was overthinking how much harder his math class was when he was like, it's twice as hard. 
or wait, twice and one third? Wait, what's... Like, the math was something like 2 times 2 equals 4. <laughs> it's like, no, Craig, just calm down, man. Although, to be fair, overthinking things is a character trait he has. That's very consistent for him. Oh, absolutely. I like how they ended up bringing that in, that, like, midway through the episode, Craig almost reveals, I think, to his dad about what's going on. Or yeah, maybe then, his, then yeah. Jessica drops something. Yeah, and but then he doesn't quite do it, and then he does it at, outside at the grill after they've extinguished everything yep and for some reason there there were five steaks on the grill even though we only saw four get placed (laughs) yeah i feel like i've said this before but i don't think we've covered this episode before gc i was thinking as i watched this episode that we had covered this episode before but when i went and searched it on the lunar ceasefire i didn't see it so i don't know if we covered it without putting it in the title We might have dwelled on this episode when we talked about the series. I think we ended up talking about this episode partly in that. Because I'm like, this episode feels awfully familiar. I'm so glad you said something because I thought it felt really familiar while watching it too. Like some of the notes I was doing felt like I said them before. But I don't remember talking like what I remember talking about was just the title cards because I think I was relating them to how Steven Universe and OKKO OK have the same kind of appreciation of, like, making anime references, as the <laughs> Steven Universe community calls it. Yeah, I mean, ba- basically a reference to some... Any reference is an anime reference. Any Whoa. reference is an anime reference. Uh, but, I mean, as, as far as uncomfortable sequences in this, I, I, let, I just fast-forwarded through the part where Craig pretends to be vegetarian now, and I'm like, no, not watching this part again. <laughs> Wait, what don't you like about that sequence? I don't know. Craig gets way sappy. And I, I just, it's like, his mom's like, mm-hmm, at the end. I, I like how Craig has to make up this story, and it sounds almost legitimate, and his mom takes such a real immediate interest in it. Like, she covers up the stakes so gently and almost like trying to do it under the radar without Craig noticing, just to, like, kindly remove the meat from his view. And then as soon as he pulls out that chicken wing and you can already tell his like childish explanation of why he was vegetarian falls apart because he's like, oh, well, chickens don't need legs to fly, right? (laughs) And, you know, because apparently his mission of vegetarianism is just to make sure animals can still fly. (laughs) Don't know where he would have thought of that because he was trying to avoid eating steaks. But, you know. You know, Craig does underthink stuff as often as he overthinks it, like the whole, oh, hey, I'm gonna take this hose all the way into the creek. And then it's like, Craig, I don't think that hose is long enough. And then I, yeah, he doesn't turn the hose on before he starts running, you know, because he actually can't move while the hose is on. <laughs> yeah, I love that, you know, that little, I mean, that's kind of a thing Craig has going on, like, He's definitely smart, but also, like, he still has all those childish sort of logical steps that he takes where he skips a few. I mean, it's <laughs> just like we, I know we talked about this episode, Monster in the Garden, how he's like, I'm going to start this really elaborate map. Here's the whole continent. Europe's over here somewhere. I think we're right around here. How about we make a map that's, you know, more local to our garden? You know, the thing we want to map out. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But he does like maps. Yeah, I think it's a very accurate portrayal of of kid logic. Also, thinking about, uh, you know, another thing that this episode gets is that, like, really bringing out that, like, fear of missing out that kids have. So, obviously, one of the things moving Craig is the math thing. But also, the fact that technology connects kids now to a point where 
if you're always receiving updates from your friends and you're only like a middle school elementary schooler then like that's brutal (laughs) you know to like always feel the need to be out with your friends or if your friends are doing something that you feel like unincluded but it's so subtly done like you could imagine another cartoon where they're like really trying to drive down that message alone but Craig the Creek recognizes that like that's just the world that kids live in and so there's no changing that it's just sort of managing it yeah there's no preaching against technology in Craig the Creek they just use it you know more realistically than I guess more recent cartoons have I, I guess just as time goes on they integrate the modern technology into it better i mean you know how many shows have we recently had where episodes were like man if somebody here had a smartphone this episode plot couldn't have happened i mean i feel like really the the whole family of shows between okko and steven universe have done this pretty well too although there was a while there in steven universe where we weren't actually sure it took place exactly in the modern day like it kind of had a vibe that could have been outside course by like episode four when steven's smartphone comes out and breaks it it's like my apps you know you get an idea (laughs) i have to burn this too (laughs) but you know the way the show's structured and his life in beach city frequently doesn't have him on his phone or anything but as the show goes on it's integrated in little ways obviously for peridot her tablet matters a lot yeah speaking of speaking of the tablet remember steven was raised by greg you know who believes that an oversaturation of media is a plague on one's mind. <laughs> he probably taught Stephen very respectable media usage as he grew up. Yeah, well, and I mean, Stephen's house always has like an older TV in it and has like retro Nintendo consoles. And obviously the gems are not going to be, you know, very technologically up to date. Uh, except Amethyst seems to get the idea of like using a phone because she's like showing Pearl uh, how to set like wallpaper or whatever. For some reason, I am imagining Pearl as one of the major contributors to some some more obscure Linux distribution. Like maybe <laughs> Solace or something. Like popular, but not like one of the big ones. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So yeah, like Steven Universe kind of has that handling, which is a little more distance. And then I feel like OKKO is really filled with so many things going on, and yet they still have time to like show that Enid or KO is like browsing social media. Or, you know, they just call it social media in that show, not like a made-up social media network name. Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked how they had the, the cheaper on Steven Universe. They they never named any of the social meds on Cricket Creek, did they? They just have it as a strictly utilitarian, like, video chat, etc. Right, well, and they don't bother drawing any UI elements or anything. So it's definitely just like Craig is communicating with his friends. And I think the way, too, that they, like, showed the... um. It was sort of iOS, iPhone style, the way he got the picture messages in. And so they animated the like pictures, but kind of in a speech bubble coming out of his phone. But that that was like a good way to animate him seeing that compared to just, okay, he's holding the device and doing a video chat. Obviously, that's going to look like that. I can't remember. Did they draw a picture in picture of his face too? Like where that would be more realistic, like you see yourself. So I think they pull away some of those extraneous details because I think you just see his friend. I don't think they redraw Craig in like the corner. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's picture in picture there. Right. Although, you know, that that kind of visual detail might go over my head. <laughs> Maybe. I, I I think, though, that they do the perfect way of like, yeah, the technology is there and present in their lives, but they're not like trying to overdo the realism or anything. It just like feeds the narrative. E- exactly. And for, for some reason, I want to go off on a tangent about that, but I just... 
fighting the urge, like the philosophy of presenting social media in one's cartoon. Well, hey, again, this episode was so busy with things, and yet they also do that here. Maybe someday we can do a, like, meta... I mean, there's a lot of, like, meta things to say about this show. But because this show is trying to portray, like, family life and, like, what a kid's life looks like right now, technology is a part of it, and Craig and his friends are always communicating on their phones, which is not something that was a reality for, like, me as a fifth grader through middle school, like... Kids were just barely getting smartphones then. So like, yeah, like texting was probably the most like advanced you had for communication. You weren't just like FaceTiming each other all the time. You know, I I know we did mention though earlier the his little x-ray and his appraisals of the situation. Like I like how glass, you know, weakness, it's glass. Danger, it's glass. (laughs) Yeah, well, and... Glass is dangerous, because... I mean, I really think a second danger should have been, like, mom. Like, mom doesn't want you to break this window. Well, grandma's plate gets broken in this episode, but parents aren't concerned that the plate gets broken, just that everyone is safe. Plates are a lot cheaper than windows to replace, and also a lot easier to, you know, say, it was an accident. Especially (laughs) since, you know, if you're climbing through the window at the time, it's going to be really hard to claim it was an accidental breakage. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could always just open the window, but why not use a door if you're just going to open something? I'm telling you, though, he mentions what is he going to put on Craig's tombstone, and then he gets a pizza. There's a solid chance that was a tombstone pizza reference. (laughs) I truly don't think that they had that in mind. People who are making this show would have seen the what do you want on your tombstone commercials. You know, I want pepperoni and cheese on my tombstone. Okay, and then you see this man condemned to die eating a, eating a pizza with the people who were going to kill him. I mean, that would be the ultimate dad joke. Like, to be that dark and already funny on one level, and then also be a reference to the future. I do want... If, if it was an intentional reference by the writers, then we have to wonder, was Dwayne making that joke specifically, or is it purely on a meta level? Like, was he thinking about ordering pizzas at that moment? I don't think he was ordering pizzas at that moment. I think he really... (laughs) GC, I'm almost questioning if Tombstone is sponsoring this segment. (laughs) Because it feels like the joke is potentially that much of a... I mean, that is digging deep, man. We have expenses, okay? (laughs) You know, that salt jar don't fill itself. (laughs) Yeah, well, have I complained about Steven Universe's absence in a while? No, because we have great shows like Craig of the Creek filling in the gap. Although, also, I am waiting on new episodes of Craig of the Creek and OKKO as well, so. Our little extended family is getting bigger. You know, we have Mau Mau and the Heroes of Pure Heart, made by a former OKKO boarder, coming out. The first episode is available on the Cartoon Network app, so. I say check it out. It's a fun little show. I liked it. Hmm, okay. I hadn't heard of that. Maybe I'll check it out. I'm still, I want my next, like, Adventure Time follow-up with Infinity Train, but, you know, they they had some prominent fart jokes in it, which, you know, season one Adventure Time, sure. Well, actually, probably the fart jokes never ended, but I don't know what level of gravitas potentially it'll have. Hey, I mean, even Legend of Korra, in the same season that they had someone get asphyxiated, they had kids fart bending. So, you know, (laughs) wow, how can I escape? Potty humor. How can you have fart jokes in one of your mainline shows, but also say, oh no, that girl can't have a fart sticker on her helmet? Like, 
That ain't right. Give Scooter Kid her fart sticker. <laughs> I want justice for Scooter Kid. Bringing it all the way back to the final book. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we go so far out with our references, I wonder if everyone else can keep up. Oh, man. So, yeah. Scooter Kid doesn't get justice in that episode. But also, do JP and, and Kelsey ultimately... I mean, they get destroyed in this episode with no vengeance. Who who are the perpetrators of this war? You know, I don't think Kelsey ever said who loaded up the water balloons with soda. Hmm. Maybe they could do a short where they extract their vengeance. They haven't done any shorts for Kirk of the Creek yet. It feels like a show that would be particularly suited for shorts because slices of life can always be broken up into smaller slices. Yeah, I don't know what the effect of putting soda in the guns or balloons does, though. Like, besides being sticky, is it painful? The carbonation? No, it just gets you wet with soda and bees follow you around. So you have to go to your friend's house instead of your own. So bees don't find out where you live. That's right. You don't want the bees knowing where you live. I forgot about the threat of the bees. (laughs) Yep, always the bees. Lars loves bees, though. (laughs) They could just bring all the bees to Lars. You're bringing me back to the to previous years of the fandom. Does does the person who drew all that Lars B Tumblr art still draw that? Because I loved those comics. If you haven't seen those listeners, <laughs> please look up Lars Bees. Because apparently <laughs> Lars Well, actually he's probably afraid of bees in most of those comics, but I think he ends up commanding them. I don't, it's very hilarious. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go find some of those. After we record now. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, I think there's a potential crossover, uh, maybe short or, or mini-sewed there, where JP f- 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 stumbles upon them. Yeah. Or Loris could have broken up the, the soda war by sicking his minions his bees. upon the creek. Thousands and thousands of bees. Or we can have Clarence with his pinata full of bees. Oh my goodness. That takes me back. That show's not airing anymore. <laughs> what a fun that's like a you know that is a very craig of the creek like show except on a whole <laughs> a whole different level oh clarence except craig of the creek didn't have ruth bader Ginsbot, so <laughs> oh my goodness yeah you make a robots cartoon at the supreme court and you have my instant respect i mean not, not to put anything against camp pining hearts but Man, I mean, like, that is that is some next-level stuff, combining Transformers and the Supreme Court. Yeah, Clarence had its own level of smarts. It was also, man, <laughs> I love gross shows and all, but, <laughs> man, yeah, having having that, like, man, I wish that was still on air to be able to have that to contrast against Craig of the Creek. Like, here's, like, the more <laughs> gross version of childhood, you know? <laughs> Yeah, things are a lot more sanitary in Craig at the Creek, aren't they? I, I think so. I mean, it's it's funny because they're Even in, the like, Creek life. is sanitary. I mean, technically, I guess it's like the storm sewer, not the sanitary sewer. True. Oh, well. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Escape from Family Dinner? Um, I think I have almost used up all my opportunities to reference every Cartoon Network show I know, so I think we're good. I think we've touched them all. All right. We've staked our claim. Oh my god. Yeah, you can just go hang out with Clarence's dad now. Oh my. Anyway, guys, join us next week. Steven Universe number 28 will be out then, so that's what we'll be talking about. 
Until then, though, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening. No.